0: Hello, this is Pastor Rob Barber of Bethel Church in Tempers Plains, Ohio, where our mission is connecting people to God. Welcome to our podcast. I'm very excited to share the Word of God with you today because according to Romans 10:17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. I trust this message will increase your faith as you listen to what God has for you today. God bless and enjoy. All right, this week I am going to... Uh, I'm going to share what I normally share in October, but I'm going to I'm going to share uh, the message uh, about uh, the occult. And the reason I share it in in October is because that is the uh, most prevalent month in our calendar, where the occult is uh, is the uh, most active. Of course, Halloween. It's a high holiday for many pagans, Satanists, and various groups, druids, uh, various uh, groups that are outside of Christianity, in fact, are on the dark side, if you want to put it that way. Uh, So Halloween is one of their high holidays. And I like to share a little bit about that each year, but I'm doing it early this year because we're taking a couple weeks off. Next week and the week after, uh, we will not be here. Uh, We're taking a couple weeks to just uh, do some things at home. We're taking what Tammy calls as a staycation. We're staying home to do things around the house. uh, And it will give her a little more time to recover as well. She's doing well. Uh, She is recovering. I want to thank everybody for your prayers. Uh, But we're going to be gone for a couple weeks when we return, I will have a list of things that I would like for us to pray about during the month of October. Chris Deemer came to me uh, last week and he said, You know, I, I think it would be a good idea if we had some strategic prayers in regards to the upcoming month of October. Because there is so much demonic activity that takes place during this month. Uh, so, and I agreed with him. So we will have a list of things that we can all focus on and pray. We need to be strategic. You know, spiritual warfare is just that. It's warfare. And if you're not strategic about warfare, you will lose the battle. Uh, We don't intend to lose the battle. We've already won. But there there are things that we have to do to stay on the cutting edge with our God and overcome the satanic forces that are... um, in this world. Now I'm not, I don't look for demons behind every door. I know demons exist. And I do know that demons manifest in people from time to time. I've experienced that. Uh, Pastor Otis and I have experienced it from way back. Way back when we were at Living Word Christian Center. Uh, We've seen demonic forces cast out of people and been involved with that. It does happen. But I will will say this, it's not an everyday occurrence. Uh, And not everyone is demon-possessed. There are demonic forces. We stand against those demonic forces. Mostly, there is a spiritual warfare that is going on that we must recognize. In order to overcome, we have to tap into the spiritual power of Holy Spirit in our lives. And We must be strategic about what we do each and every day. That's why our prayer life is so important. That's why reading the Word of God is so important. That's strategic spiritual warfare. And it's powerful. And when we unite and do it, like we're going to do for October, it's even more powerful. That's why I believe that... Uh, being uh, organized in, in this prayer time will be very, very important. My message this morning is, choose whom you will serve. Joshua 24, 15 says, and if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. That as for me in my house, We will serve the Lord. That is a strong statement that must be, I believe that must every believer must make that statement, stand on that statement, and believe it totally and completely. Serve the Lord in spite of what the world throws at us. Serve the Lord in spite of what the world is doing. Serve the Lord. That means sometimes we have to do things different than the world does things. We have to be strong and faithful. You know, in the days of Elijah, there was much spiritual warfare going on. Ahab and uh, Jezebel were in power. And Elijah stood against that power. He stood against the principalities and powers. And one day on the, uh, the temple mount, he decided to worship the Lord. And he told the, the priests of Baal, we're going to have a showdown. And the one that calls fire down from heaven wins the showdown. And you people, whoever you choose... You should choose the Lord because the Lord is going to win this battle. And the, the, the uh, priests of Baal danced around and cut themselves and chanted and did all the things that pagans do to call, down, call upon their God and nothing happened. But Elijah was so confident that his God was going to move. How confident are you that your God is going to move today? I ask you that. How confident are you that your God is going to manifest Himself in our community, in our nation, in the world? Joshua, or I, Elijah was confident that God was going to show up. He was so confident that he not only did he call down fire from heaven, but he said, Before I do this, I want you to dig a ditch around the, the offering. I want you to bring barrels of water and dump on top of that offering and in that ditch. Fill it up. Not only once, but they did it twice. It was full of water. And then Elijah, because of his confidence in God, he said, God, show yourself. And he did. And fire came down from heaven. And the priests of Baal were defeated. And eventually, Ahab and Jezebel were overcome. God knows that today the spirit of Jezebel is active in our nation. Everywhere you look and everywhere you go, Jezebel wants to take over. But Jezebel is a defeated foe in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Next month we will begin the season of celebrating the most evil time in our year. Halloween. Now some people disagree with that. Oh no. This is the. You know it was established by the church. uh, All Saints Eve. But listen. I do. uh, I do recognize that. That 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 was a. uh, A establishment. By a holiday that was established by. The Catholic Church. In an attempt to. Replace the. uh, Pagan holidays that were taking place. But the reality is, all you have to do is look at Halloween. Well, I just ask you this. Look at it and tell me if there's anything Christian about it. Anything godly about it. Anything Holy Spirit and righteous about it. Many of our major holidays have pagan overtones, undertones, however you want to describe that that are fused into our Christian celebrations. But I don't believe that's a reason to reject them. But I do believe it's a reason for those of us who are believers in Jesus Christ to guard against allowing those pagan uh, rituals to enter into our family celebrations. So as a parent or a grandparent, you have a huge responsibility To teach your children the Christian part, the Christian aspect of the holidays that we participate in. And reject those who, the ones that are not Christian. Many of the things that are uh, celebrated today had a Christian basis in it. You know, even when we talk about Santa Claus, the, the basis for that was St. Nicholas who went around sharing good things with children, sharing gifts and candy. That, that was a, a Christian basis for it. But now it has become nothing but pagan in its attempt to deceive our children. That this little elf is going to show up on Christmas Eve, come down the the chimney, manifest Himself. What What manifests usually like that? It's certainly not the Holy Spirit. Manifests Himself and leaves gifts. And we tell our children this lie. Man, I know I'm making some enemies this morning. But I want you to understand how important this is we tell our children about the easter bunny about the santa claus about all these other myths and legends and then when they get old enough to realize we lied to them about it what do they think about jesus at the same time let's be honest with our kids i don't i never wanted my children I never wanted Santa Claus or Easter Bunny or anybody else to take credit for the things that I did for my children. It was, you know, hey, come on, maybe that's a little arrogant, but I did this for you. Praise God. I do believe this, that the practice of Halloween has opened the door for the present day evil. That we are seeing all around us. Many Christians justify it by saying. Well it's just fun and games. But I want you to understand what God says. God says any involvement in the occult. Is disgusting. To him. And all those things that are happening. During October. Just go into a, a, a store. Go into Walmart. Go into to your your um, local uh, stores even convenience stores what do you see you see pictures of witches and demonic forces all over the place how can God be glorified in that a a dictionary definition of occult is hidden secret mysterious particularly pertaining to the supernatural the occult is in the broad sense, it's a category of esoteric, supernatural beliefs and practices which generally fall outside of the scope of Christian religion. It includes magic, sorcery, mysticism, witchcraft, or better known as Wiccan, Satanism, voodoo, wizardry, and any practice associated with spells and incantations. It also falls, these things fall in the category, uh, fortune telling, tarot cards, palm reading, Ouija boards. It can also refer to pseudoscience, such as extrasensory perception and parapsychology. How many is aware that our military has been using uh, remote viewing for many, many years, ever since... Uh, even World War II, they have brought in psychics and, and tried to remote view to see what the enemy is doing, and it's as far as I know, it's still in practice today. That is an ungodly practice, and I hope that they wake up and see that they're playing with the enemy and not seeking the face of God. God is well able. Just like he did with Elisha. He showed Elisha what was happening in Samaria. And how he, he kept going to the king uh, of Israel and warning him. Do, do not go here and do not go there because they have plans. God is well able to show us what needs to be done in times of war. But we need not seek parapsychology or the occult. To find these things. Anyone who did that. Ended up on the wrong side. Of where God wanted them to be. According to an article published in Smithsonian Magazine. In October the 27th 2013. uh, A lady by the name of Linda Rodriguez McGroby. She said this. The makers of the Ouija board asked the board what they should call it. The name Ouija came through. And when they asked what that meant, the board replied, Good luck. If you're expecting to direct your life based on luck, the occult, the Ouija board might be your best bet, might be where you want to go. But I prefer to count on something much more strong and solid, much more reliable. Yahweh, the God of all creation, choose you this day whom you shall serve. As for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. Number one point this morning, avoid abominations. Turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 9 through 12. Give you a second to get there. Deuteronomy chapter 18. We'll begin with verse 9. And I'll go ahead and read verse 9 and say, just share a couple things about that. When you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not learn to follow the abominations of these nations. This was a staunch warning to the children of Israel. The things that he's about to tell them to stay away from are things that God considers an abomination. An abomination is something disgusting, morally abhorrent to God. If God hates it, we should stay away from it. These things make God sick, basically. Verse 10, There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire, or one who practices witchcraft, or a soothsayer, one who interprets omens or a sorcerer. Interpreting omens uh, would be uh, interpreting trinkets. Also, they used the intestines of animals. Kind of disgusting, in it? But they would look through the intestines and, and, and speak certain things. that, show, that They thought, felt that they uh, pointed toward certain outcomes. That was interpreting omens. Or sorcerers. This one thing here is particularly uh, evil as far as I'm concerned. It's the consecrating of their children to Molech. It says here, there shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire. The God Molech required that they sacrifice their children to an idol. It was a bull like idol most people believe it had its they had it formed with its arms out like that with a fire built in the belly they would lay their children in the arms of the bull and they were the child would roll down into the belly of the the uh, idol and consume them God in the Old Testament in the New Testament and today, God is opposed to the killing of our children, including the unborn. We must always take a stand against that. Our children are too important to us, they're too important to our future. In fact, I don't know if many people are aware of this, but The demographics of our world are pointing toward the fact that we don't have enough people in our world. I know there are some that would tell you that we need to get rid of a whole bunch of people. The Luciferians of our world want to wipe us out because they uh, serve Satan, Lucifer, and Lucifer hates people. But the demographics, if you look at them, you'll find that even in the United States... Our population is dwindling because we have done things like sacrifice. Now, this is over, uh, I don't know if this is just the United States or over the whole world, but 60 million children to abortion. Children have been sacrificed in many other ways. I want you to understand that. It's not just abortion. There's been horrible things done to our children. Our God is a God that cannot wink at things like that. Unless this nation repents, we're in big, big trouble. But I believe there's a time of repentance. God has given us time. Cry out to our living God. Ask Him to give us the opportunity to repent. Call out that God's glory will fall on this nation. That the church will turn back to Him. That there will be revival. That the nation will be awakened to the things of God. Deuteronomy 18.11 Or one who conjures spells or a medium or a spiritus or one who calls up the dead. For all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord. And because of these abominations to the Lord your drives, God drives them out from before you. God drove them out. What does that mean for those who participate in those things today? God hates it. He doesn't hate people. He hates these kind of actions. All these things listed here are occultism, if you will. And each of them are being openly practiced in our society. And sometimes Christians get caught up in it. In 1928... Here, I'm going to share something else this morning that's going to make some people mad. In 1928, Walt Disney introduced his animated character, Mickey Mouse, and he was incredibly successful. What followed through the years, though, was a whole array of occult-driven animated films. Some of you are going to say, oh, that was just fun and games. But these things like Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, Pinocchio, Fantasia, Dumbo, Cinderella, Mary Poppins, Bedknobs and Broomsticks, and many, many more. I don't know all of them because I stopped watching movies a long time ago. But I can't tell you, but I know today they're worse than they ever were. And most Christians have just accepted that as fun games. What's the harm in a little magic? What's the harm in a little abomination? There's great harm. Now, I know you've all heard this story about uh, the, just a little dog poop in your brownies. How many of you just want a little dog poop in your brownie? Not a one of us. Doesn't matter if it's just a speck. Well, that's the same way, same thing that we need to think about with just a little abomination in our life it's It's like leaven, Paul told us a little leaven leavens the whole lump, and that's what happens. Just we are introduced slowly that's what happened over the years in regards to these movies and things that are taking place in our in our um Society, Just a little here and a little there. And eventually we look around and the satanic acts that are taking place openly today are appalling. Today the floodgate of evil has been opened and it began with just those small little openings. Relatively innocuous movies and programmings uh, you know, even things like uh, TV shows like Bewitched and I Dream of Genie, And, you know, these are things that, that I watched when I was growing up. Horror flicks like Dracula, Frankenstein, and Werewolf. I can't believe I, when I see little clips of those things, I can't believe that when I was a kid I was afraid. You know, I was frightened when we watched the thriller. The one, few times that I was able to stay up and watch thriller... Dracula or Frankenstein, they, they look so silly today compared to the evil that you see on the movie screen and TVs. But at the time, just few people recognized the danger of what was taking place. There were those, there were fundamental Christian pastors who railed on it, but they were just thought to be on the fringe and idiots. And we're made fun of, as I'll be made fun of for this message. But it doesn't matter. In their day, they took a stand for what is right. And in my day, I'm going to take a stand for what is right. Choose today. Choose who you will serve. It's for my house. Me and my house. We're going to serve the Lord. Today we see this continued development in our society around and around the world, as you, if you will. Pagans, Wiccans, Satanists, Druids are all accepted as legitimate religions alongside with Christ, of Christianity. Not far from here in Harrisonville, there's a, a site, uh, several hundred acres, where every year Druids, pagans, uh, witches, uh, you know, You name them, they go by all kinds of different names, but they all show up and worship their gods at that place in Harrisonville, just a few miles from here. The satanic uh, and demonic forces of hell are all around us, but fear not. Listen, I don't care. I do care that they're there and that they're, they're that close to us, but but do, they do not scare me. And they should not scare you. The power of our God is way beyond anything that the enemy has to throw at us. Be strong. Be faithful. And trust in the Lord. Last thing I want to do is scare anybody. But Ephesians 5.11 tells us, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose it. So that's what I want to do this morning, is I want to expose it. Now, I'm going to, give you, I'm going to show you a video. You, do we have that video? Okay. I'm going to show you a video this morning that is very encouraging. And after we watch it, It will be very important that we recognize that a a door has been opened for us as the church to be able to take back some territory that has been taken from us. If you'll go ahead and play that clip
1: there's incredibly good news in the area of religious freedom hi i'm kelly shackelford i'm president and ceo of first liberty institute first liberty is the largest legal organization in the country that all we do is religious freedom and there's some tremendous news that very few pastors unfortunately know about and that's why i'm trying to get you the news there has been an attack going on across our country against religious freedom in ways i think a lot of people have never seen But we've had some major, major victories in the last 13 months. And I just want to focus on one and let you know the implications. There's more to this, and we'll certainly provide you anything you want. But a lot of you heard about the Coach Kennedy case. Coach Kennedy was a guy who just wanted to go to a knee and pray after the game, and they fired him for that. And we went all the way to the Supreme Court, won a case that you cannot do that. That violates the First Amendment rights, free speech, and free exercise of religion of the coach. And this fall, he's already back as a coach. Coach Kennedy will be going to a knee, and there'll be plenty of TV cameras. But what people don't know is what happened within the decision. Within the decision, there was a major precedent by the name of Lemon, and that was overturned. What Lemon was, was we have an establishment clause because our founders didn't want there to be a nationally established church that everybody had to support. So that's what they put in the Constitution, that we weren't going to do that. Fifty years ago, the same Supreme Court who gave us Roe v. Wade said, no, we think that this clause means a lot more than that. We think it means a strict separation of church and state, that wherever government is, religion can't be. We think it means that if you're offended by religion, you can bring a lawsuit. You can't bring lawsuits because you're offended, only against religion. So our whole lives, we've seen attacks on nativity scenes at Christmas and Ten Commandments monuments and prayer to school board meeting. And if there's any sort of religious activity at school, it's like the school's on fire. Why? Because any of these things are in the Constitution? No, because of the Lemon case. It's been cited over 7,000 times in the last 50 years. Well, just 13 months ago, the Supreme Court reversed Lemon. It is no longer the law. Everywhere Uh, that crosses went down, mm -hmm. they can come back up. Everywhere that Ten Commandments were put in the closet, they can come back out. Prayers can be back at the school board meeting. Students, players can pray together after the game. The coaches can join them. What's happened is for 50 years, people have been trained that they can't do all these things regarding faith and and expression in public. That's no longer the case. Everything has just shifted. But the problem is people don't know. And so what we want you to do as a pastor is pass this information along Because everybody can restore faith in their own community. All they have to do is walk in the freedom that God has given them. There's a truth now that people don't realize. Every American alive right now has more religious freedom than they've ever had in their lifetime because of these cases. They just don't know it. It's it's like we're always on defense, reacting. We can go on offense now. The The land has already been won. God is already ahead of us. It's just a matter of we'll occupy what God has given us. And so it's real simple, the kind of things people can do, they can have. All right,
0: thank you. This is incredible news. But what it does is open the door for Christians to be able to move back in to these realms and these areas. It doesn't force anybody to be involved with religion. It opens the door. If students want to pray, they can pray. If school boards want to pray, they can pray. If, um, you know, football teams want to pray. If someone doesn't want to pray, they can exempt themselves from that. They don't have to, to be involved with it. But if you have a group of people who want to do something, then they should be allowed to do that. The Ten Commandments, being able to put up nativity teams... Uh, scenes, all these things are going, if they're going to happen, it's going to happen because God's people begin to move back into these realms and take back the territory that was taken from us. So I want to encourage you this morning, this is really good news. And although I'm talking this morning some about the satanic attacks of, upon us, this is uh, the power of God already moved through our Supreme Court. Open the door. All we have to do is do something with it. Hallelujah. Avoid, my next point is, avoid being bewitched. All these things that we mentioned in Deuteronomy are occult practices. They're categorized under one heading, I would think, magic arts. Uh, And that means the use of uh, such as Of Magic spells, uh, charms, believed to have supernatural power over natural forces. Magic rites, incantations, uh, extraordinary power or influence seemingly from supernatural sources. Something that seems to cast a spell, an enchantment. All these things have some kind of basis in the occult world that uh, is operating all around us. The purpose of magic is to exercise control over nature and other people. In Acts chapter 8, Philip preaches to the Samaritans, and they believe, uh, including, they all believe, and inc- it included a sorcerer by the name of Simon. Let me just read Acts chapter 8, verse 9. But there was a certain man called Simon who previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished, the King James says bewitched. Both words are appropriate here. They were astonished or bewitched by the things that he presented to them. He bewitched the people of Samaria, claiming that he was something great. The reason he was doing it was to exercise power and authority over other people. That's why most people get involved with the cult. To exercise power and authority over others. It's a dangerous, dangerous path to fall into. You see, the Samaritans were bewitched by this magic. Many people become bewitched over the years by magic arts. Sometimes Christians get involved with it because they've not been told what the Bible says about it. All we have to do is pick up the Word of God and read it. And it says, don't do these things. Stay away from it. They're an abomination. God hates it. But so many times, pastors and preachers and teachers of the Word of God have failed to point these things out. According to Bishop Irenaeus of Lyons, Simon, the Simon that was the, the magician here or the sorcerer, he is the father of all heretics. In, in, uh, in fact, Ken Johnson, who is a man that I listen to, listen to his books quite often. He is a theologian that uh, has written many books concerning the Dead Sea Scrolls and interpreted a lot of the, the writings of the, the Essene uh writers uh, the scenes were the people that kept the the Dead Sea Scrolls and lived around the Qumran area um, they uh, are the co- the ones that kept the copies and were uh, scribes and did a, an excellent job of scribing the text of the Old Testament along with other books and some of those books kind of reveal The things that the Essenes believed, and you you won't—you know—you'd be amazed at how uh, the Essenes' writings line up with Christian faith. They believed, in fact, they believed that the Messiah was going to come. They knew that the approximate time, because they had calculated it from Daniel. Many of them became followers of Jesus Christ. They knew that he was going to die on the cross. for for the sins of people. They knew that he was going to be God in the flesh. These were people, their writings were written hundreds of years before Christ showed up. That was their teachings. Our God is so good. The Dead Sea Scrolls have opened a whole new realm of understanding of how real the Bible is. This, what we call, scripture how real it is and how the fact is that it was written and copied and sent down by the power of the holy spirit to each and every one of us to live by you see the the people of samaria were bewitched ken johnson the, the theologian that i was talking about uh in the Qumran scrolls or the Dead Sea Scrolls, says that the Essene scribes wrote that the, heretic, the heretical beliefs of the Gnostics, Gnostic teachings, actually started with Simon. So this guy, even though he supposedly believed in Christ, he went in the wrong direction and began to show, uh, teach things that were unbiblical. Many of our of people in our world today are bewitched by magic, like uh, Simon's magic, including some Christians. Many years ago, a young lady by the name of Jenny Weaver, she was raised in a Christian home, and her mom was a very strict believer in Jesus Christ. She restricted Jenny from uh, watching movies that she felt had satanic uh, involvement. She wouldn't allow her to be, participate in Halloween. Uh, she uh, kept her from any cartoons. That's another thing. Parents, be very careful of the, the cartoons you allow your children to watch. Don't use that as a babysitter. Make sure you know what they're watching. It's, it's more crucial today than ever before. Be careful. But her mom kept her from these things. However, when she became a teenager, she started visiting a friend's house. And when she went to this friend's house, that friend was allowed to do just about whatever she wanted to. So Jenny started watching things and doing things that she wasn't supposed to. She basically rebelled against her mom's wishes. In 1996, a movie came out. It was uh, about Halloween. It was called The Craft. And she went to the friend's house and watched that movie. It's about four teenage outcast girls that uh, attend school together. And uh, they pursued witchcraft to be able to get the things they wanted and control other people. After she watched the movie, she decided that she wanted that. So she started pursuing witchcraft. Be. This, uh, decided to buy books and find out how to cast spells and conjuring. Eventually, she got heavily involved in witchcraft and drug addiction. The drugs were taking a huge toll on her. She got to the point where she recognized, she was sitting in her house one night, and she recognized that her house was a haunted house. Everywhere she looked, forces of demonic forces were operating all around her. And she became frightened and she. She denounced it and walked away from it. But she was still addicted to drugs. And she was still being harassed by those demons. She left that apartment, that house. She started living on the street. She was living like an animal. She was living in people's sheds. She was sleeping outdoors. At this point, she cried out to God. She said, God, help me. I can't do this myself. A few days later... She was arrested. And on her way to the police station, a lady officer ministered to her. Told her that she needed to receive Christ as her personal Savior. Jenny said she told me that I needed to repent, that I needed to turn from my ways and cry out to God. That night in the cell, she did just that. From that point on, now, let me... Uh, say this it didn't happen as quickly you know things didn't change in her life overnight but from that point on things began to change she turned her life over to Christ and she began she got uh, free of the drugs she began to serve Christ and get really serious about Jesus Christ she now warns people of the dangers of the occult and any involvement in Halloween And she says it's an open door to the occult. She said, Wiccans, Satanists, Pagans, Druids, and many other demonic inspired groups look forward to Halloween like children look forward to Christmas. Let me remind you of what Leviticus 26 says. And the person who turns to mediums and familiar spirits to to prostitute himself with them, I will set my face against that person and cut him off from his people. A prostitute practices, participates, or supports a spiritual prostitute, supports spiritual abominations in some way. Do not do that. My third point is avoid all unrighteousness. The cult is the enemy of righteousness. Turn with me to Acts 13 6 through 12. Acts chapter 13, verse 6, 6 through 12. Now when they had gone through the island of Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus. He was a sorcerer. Verse 17, who was with the proconsul, Sergius Paulus, an intelligent man. This man called for Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. Elymas the sorcerer, who is, his name was translated that, withstood them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. Then Saul, who also is called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him. Ooh, I like that. Filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what we must make sure that we are, full of the Holy Spirit. He looked intently at him and said, O fool all deceit and all pride, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? Paul didn't mince any words. He told him exactly what it was like. told him he was evil, he was unrighteous, and he was on the wrong side. You see, today, because uh, we're not supposed to be critical of individuals, we can't talk like that. We can't tell call evil, evil, because evil is being called good. We can't call darkness, darkness, because darkness is being called light. But the reality is, that's exactly what it is. It's dark, it's evil, and it's destroying people's lives. And now the hand of the Lord was upon you, and you shall be blind, not seeing the sun for many time. And, before, and immediately a dark mist fell on him, and he went around seeking someone to lead him, seeking someone to lead him by the hand. Then the proconsul believed when he saw what had been done, being astonished at the teachings of the Lord. Praise God! That's the power of God, and I believe we need that power to be released in our lives today because we are going to encounter these things on a daily basis it's all around us it's not as prevalent in our area but it's here you don't see it as much we live we do live in a bible belt and the bible is still being taught but witchcraft satanism paganism druidism all these isms are alive and well and we're going to encounter these things In fact, I'm convinced that we have these people praying against this church and the churches that are truly preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ in our area regularly. That's why it's important that we strategically plan to pray and believe that God is going to move in an awesome way. You see, in Exodus, when Aaron cast down the rod of Moses, Pharaoh's servants... Pharaoh's magicians were able to do the same thing. They cast down the rod and it turned to a serpent. The difference was God's power was greater than the power of the enemy. And and Moses' serpent or rod swallowed up the serpents of the enemy. That's what we can look forward to. The enemy being swallowed up by the power of Holy Spirit in our lives former Satanist by the name of John Ramirez in an interview on CBN. He said, I was a general to the kingdom of darkness and witchcraft. Ramirez said, I would sit with the devil and talk to him like I'm talking to you right now. It was that kind of communication. It was the kind that kind of relationship. And he warns Christians about being involved in Halloween and he knows what he's talking about because he would participate in it, and he would sacrifice animals on Halloween. In fact, many of his friends would call him Lucifer's son. Ramirez warns that Halloween is not just another fun holiday. Costumes, candy, all these things lead to a darker reality. He says Satanists are happy and excited when Christians participate in Halloween. The reason is that they believe that on the night of October the 31st, the separation of physical and spiritual reality is the thinnest. In other words, the supernatural world can cross over into the physical realm much easier. Well, if that is true, guess what? When they show up, our God is prepared for them. If they show up in our, uh, in our space, our God is prepared for them. Because we don't have to wait for October 31st for our power to be released. Our power lives inside of us. Our Holy Spirit is always with us. Therefore, we have the ability to cast down and to trample on the forces of hell. Step on their head and cause them to be overcome. This is a perfect time of year for magic, but it's a perfect time for God to show up as well. Don't let this kind of stuff scare you. Our God is on our side. But I would say this. If you've been involved with the occult in some way, repentance is necessary. Repent, turn, and thank God. And that brings me about to my last point. Repentance brings freedom. It brings freedom in our lives from all kinds of things. But specifically from demonic activity. In Acts 19, 19, it says, Also many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted up the value of them it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. This was several million dollars worth of books that they burnt. It was very valuable. But they were so convinced that what they had been doing was wrong. They were willing to build a bonfire and throw their books into it to get rid of them. They no longer wanted to participate in the occult activity. Repentance requires an act of turning. And sometimes it costs you a great deal. Sometimes monetarily. Sometimes it costs you something physically. Sometimes it costs you some kind of emotional pain. Always there's a price to pay. But it's not as, you know, even though the enemy would want us to think that this is a huge cost that I have to pay. In reality, when you look back, you look at it and you say, wow, that wasn't as as painful and costly as I thought it was, in fact, my freedom is worth so much more. The continued bondage comes from rebellion, and if we continue to rebel against God, we will continue to walk in bondage. God wants to set his people free. Witchcraft is rebellion. That's what Samuel told Saul. It's divination. it's witchcraft, it's sorcery, it's magic not only talking about Wiccan, it's talking about all forms of the occult involvement. One of Saul's rebellious acts was to go to the witch of Endor to ask for guidance. A lot of people say, talk to me about Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, what was Sodom and Gomorrah's sin? We talk about their desire for a man for a man, for homosexuality. Well, that was... Uh, That was actually a symptom of their sin. Their sin was rebellion. The Bible tells you that. Their their homosexual desires was just a symptom of their overall rebellion. One of the things that that happened in their society was that. Because of their overall rebellion. But there was a lot of other things that was going on. They were, they were taking advantage of, of people. The poor were being taken advantage of. People were being swindled. All kinds of ungodly things were happening. Many things. But I can tell you this. Homosexuality is a symptom of rebellion. Because God did not create mankind man for man or woman for woman he said one man one woman that's what he created us for ramirez tells the story that he would curse christians and churches and he'd see his spells would be effective he worked and encountered people all the time that claimed to be christians and he'd cast spells on them And those spells seemed to be working on them. But once he encountered a group of street evangelists that came to his neighborhood. He said, I went out to teach them a lesson. But when I got there, there was this wall of fire protecting them. He said, at that point, that's when I started to realize that there's something bigger and stronger than Satan. There's something more powerful. And from that point on in his life, he began to question and began to seek and began to to look for the things that God, he started listening to what Christians had to, to say. And he began to make search out and find God and repent of his sin of being involved with the occult. The fact is, you must repent. Galatians tells us what will happen if we do not repent. Adultery, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, murder, drunkenness. These are all rebellion. Drunkenness, revelries, and the like. This is not a complete list. In other places, there's, there's other things added to it. But the reality is rebellion turns us from God. And if you have a rebellious heart, you're going to turn from the living God. Even Christians sometimes. I can't tell you how many testimonies I've heard lately of people, particularly young people, who have been grown up as believers in Jesus Christ. And now they're saying, well, I don't believe that anymore. Well, the reason they don't believe it anymore because they were not taught the real Word of God. They were taught a cursory belief system. And they were not... Uh, baptized in the Word of God like we're supposed to be. If you were baptized in the Word, you'd know and you'd believe. But repentance is the beginning. All sin is rebellion. Rebellion has to be repented of. And this morning, as I wrap things up, I want to take this opportunity this morning that if there's anyone in here who has not made Jesus Christ their personal Savior. If you would like to do that today, I think I know most everyone, and I don't know everyone's heart completely, but I want to make sure that everyone in here has had the opportunity to receive Christ as their personal Savior. Because if you do not, that's considered rebellion. You must repent of your sin, believe that Jesus was raised from the dead that he was the son of God and he came back to life on the third day. That's what our living God did for us. I want to ask you all to stand with me if you can. Hallelujah. Praise God. Is there anyone this morning that would like to make Christ their Savior? That would like to make a confession of faith for the first time? believe that Jesus is Lord and Savior. I'm going to take it that we're all believers in Christ. Is there anyone that feels like there's, you know, you've been involved with a cult. You didn't realize what you were doing. You're playing around with witchcraft, magic, Ouija boards, stars, all those things that, are just a part of what the enemy has set up to entrap people. If you were involved in any of those things and you want prayer this morning, we will, we will pray for you. Lift your hand. Hallelujah. Praise God. Take it that we have a congregation that already knows these things are, are evil and they turned turn from them a long time ago. Praise God. All right. With that, I'm just going to uh, wrap this message up with prayer. And we're going to praise God for an awesome day that He has given us. Father God, today we just glorify Your name. We thank You, Lord, that You have gone with us and You will go with us. As we leave this place this morning, Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, we give You glory and honor as we leave and we go out into the mission field. Help us, Father God, to recognize Holy Spirit is in us. We are powerful. We can stand against the wiles of the devil, no matter what he says or does. And the enemy must flee. In Jesus' name, we will serve you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Have an awesome day. Hello, this is Pastor Rob again. I pray you enjoyed this podcast. What a blessing it has been to have you join us on this social media platform. If you would like more information about Bethel, please check out our website at BethelChurch.community. You can also follow us on our Facebook page at Bethel Church, Tepper's Plains. Have a blessed day and remember, love never fails.